Welcome to another episode with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and the entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore in the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. Market Dominance Guys episode, Chris Beal conducts a solo interview with Cheryl Turner, Chief Development Officer of Connect and Sell's new flight school division. In the first episode of this two-part conversation, Cheryl relays to Chris how she got started in cold calling and about the important experiences she had talking with prospects, experiences that help shape how she approaches cold calls and conducts meeting-setting conversations today. As an example, Cheryl recounts a pivotal moment during a call with a prospect in which she had the impulse to stop talking and just listen instead of pushing to make the sale, and how the whole tone of the conversation warmed up after that. This was a career changer for her. Chris alludes to this when he describes Cheryl touting her practice of conversing with each prospect as a peer and the way she is constantly looking to understand and help them. Feel free to borrow everything you'll learn in this week's Market Dominance Guys episode as Cheryl Turner shares the secret of her success. Hey everybody, this is Chris Beal, and I am actually going to be the interviewer on Market Dominance Guys today. Corey Frank uh, probably was available, maybe not, I don't know. He's a busy guy off there running Youngblood Works and doing all manner of other things. And I just thought today that a conversation that I was having earlier in the day with Cheryl Turner was worth expanding on for this audience. I think as everybody knows, market dominance guys is all about the nuts and bolts of dominating markets and doing so with what we call a conversation first approach. And Cheryl has been a master of the conversation first approach to dominate everything as far as I've known um, for a number of years before I met her, she did that kind of stuff for uh, a number of other companies, including InsideSales.com, now Zant. And we stumbled across each other, I would say, at what we call a test drive of Connect and Sell, where she was participating in the test drive rather skeptically, I would say. And she could maybe tell us a little bit about that. And it didn't take very long for us to realize that we were kindred spirits and believed the same kind of stuff. And one thing's led to another. And just recently, very recently, five weeks ago, she joined Connect and Sell as our chief development officer for our flight school division. So we're taking our world famous flight school out into the world as a standalone product. And Cheryl is our head of sales for that and uh, head of marketing and head of thinking things up and making the scripts actually work and all sorts of things. And she's kind enough to bring me into occasional meeting and, you know, I yap a little bit. So I'm Chris Beal, uh, not Corey Frank. And I'd like to introduce you to Cheryl Turner. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Always a pleasure. It's truly an honor to have the real deal on this program. You know, Corey and I could be accused of a number of things, but I don't think either one of us is going to be considered the real deal when it comes to cold calling. We just have reputations. But you actually, I'm going to guess that you have cold called somebody 
on an average of more than, oh, I don't know, 20 times a day for each day, except for weekends and time off with family and so forth. If, I don't know if you do that. In the last, what, five, six, seven years, maybe beyond that, how did you get into cold calling? What is like, why are you attracted to something that is so repulsive to so many people? It's a fascinating story, actually, Chris. So I, I really started my career. Uh, you mentioned insightsales.com. I was just an entry-level BD. In fact, when they hired me, when I got interviewed, I didn't even know what a CRM was. I came from uh, Vivint, you know, selling alarm systems to BDC markets. And um, what I did know about myself, I wasn't concerned that I didn't know what a CRM was or didn't know I need to know what a CRM was. But I did know who I was. And so I always enjoyed proving the impossible possible. That's just kind of something that runs through my blood. And uh, that is what sold uh, what was going to be my boss. And I ended up blowing quota out of the market just um, or in our department. And not only that, but spearheading new companies that InsideSales.com ended up acquiring, even though none of the sales reps really knew what they were about. So I did my own research and just, you know, hitting 250, 300 quota. That's interesting. I hadn't heard the story about you spearheading the sort of the, the go-to-market thrust and the growth trajectory of new acquisitions. I mean, that's really hard to do. Did you have to learn everything about their product before you were capable of setting meetings to sell their product? No, I actually learned with each conversation. And after that, I almost was, um, wasn't editing myself on calls, but as I was listening to people and learning about what was important to them, I went back and did research on my own time because I wanted to talk to as many people as possible. And then I, I adjusted to what and learned as I went. So I, I would not say I was an expert per se. I did do my due diligence and, and learned as much as I could about the company that they had acquired. And then I even had senior leadership come to me and um, including, I don't know if I can name drop, but <laughs> Jim Steele, they had brought Jim Steele in. He said, what are you doing? Are you doing this? You know, and it ended up being their leading product because of what I was able to create for the company. And it started with a belief. The little I did know, they gave us like a one pager on it. And the little I did know, I, I found it fascinating. I was like, well, this is interesting. This is new. What does this little company do? And what they did was pretty unique and interesting to me. So I believed in what I learned of them at that point. And then I brought that to the conversations when I was talking with people. And then pivoting and learning as I was going through that. And, and the more conversations I had, the more I fell in love with it. Because I realized at the end of the day, people want to be successful and, and they're still human beings, right? So they still have insecurities. They still have things that they have to uh, accomplish and look good in their roles. And um, we're all kind of the same at the end of the day. It was fascinating to be a part of that. That's kind of... I think the the passion that ran through my veins, if you will. Oh, that's fascinating. As you said, we're all the same. I've always told people when I talk about you, Cheryl sees herself as an equal of everybody on earth. And so when she's talking to somebody, she's always talking as a peer, looking to help them and to understand them. And I think that's really remarkable. I think most salespeople all of us, in fact, have got some degree of, well, I'm the supplicant, right? I'm coming and I'm asking you to do something for me because after all, the salesperson's 
uh, setup, so to speak, is if everything goes well, eventually we get a deal, I make quota and I get commission. Therefore, you're doing things for me. How did you come to this point of view? And this is a really different point of view than I run into. And you said you came right out of alarm system sales. That Was that door to door, by the way, or was that by the phone or what? No, it's just, you know, in Provo, the event down in Provo, just a part of the outside sales department there, uh, just an entry level team. So, I, yeah, I started there and not really, you know, talking to the people. But when I got to inside sales, that's really when my career kind of began to take shape, if you will. And talking with these, these entrepreneurs, these CEOs, and I was calling into senior leadership. And I really enjoyed talking to senior leadership. They came from a world that not many understand. Right. They're, they're always on. They're always their brain is always on. How can I tweak this or improve that in my business? How can I you know, create organic growth and what have you? And I always love learning from those people. So when I was at Insight Sales, I think the shift, Chris, to your question happened. I was calling. It was just high volume calling. Right. So I people that downloaded white papers or looked at something on our website or what have you. So the initial entry was, hey, we noticed you had downloaded a white paper, just calling to follow up on that. Did you get a chance to read that? You know, interested in what's going on in your world. And I don't remember her last name. I don't remember the name of the company, but her name was Karen and she was the CEO of this company. They were about mid-level, actually. I do remember that. But for the first time, and I'd probably been in about three weeks in, I had the most amazing conversation with this woman because I something inside of me clicked and said, just stop and listen. And, you know, I had an agenda. I had to make quota. I had to, hey, let's get you over to a hot lead, a hot transfer, right? That was push, push, push. And this, we had just barely acquired this other company. So I was still in this other position, this entry-level BD position. And Karen, when I was talking with her, was the longest conversation. I think we ended up talking 15 minutes or so, which is, you know, almost taboo. You don't want to be on the phone that long. And I said, you know, Karen, I said, after listening to what you've told me, I said, I don't believe that this other core product of, of this company fits you, but we just recently acquired a new company and this is what they do. What I have learned that they do, right? We just acquired them. And I explained this to her and I said, do you think that may be beneficial to you to what, just based on what you told me? And immediately her tone changed. It's almost the... She wasn't sounding desperate, but she was frustrated. And I could sense that in her voice. And so I took the insecurity that she was, not insecurity, but the uncertainty, right, if you will. And I I said, here's something that might possibly help you. I don't know if it will or not, but here's some information. You know, let's, you can have a conversation. And she said, actually, that does intrigue me. And it was a hot transfer, but what is interesting is the sales rep, full cycle sales rep, didn't even know how to pitch it. I was like, just listen to her. I was like, we just acquired this company, right? Um, and so that is what the switch, that was the switch that I realized these CEOs are, were all the same, right? Essentially. Um, and also something interesting is I always cared about who I was talking with um, because we are human and it does matter. Right. Their end of this big blue worry parent, as you like to say, Chris, it does matter. And that's how it kind of really started. Well, that's fascinating. It, it resonates with me uh, as a door to door salesperson who had to make some money quickly back in the day. 
And I realized very quickly in that process on about door three or four, nobody was going to buy anything from me. They opened the door into the desert heat in Arizona, but maybe I could do something for them. And maybe we could just have a very short human conversation, very short because the door was open. And, you know, in Arizona, we're talking, uh, you know, five bucks a minute when your door is open, right? The air conditioning pumping out, trying to cool off the entire desert. I think that transition is the transition that lets people go from uh, okay and, and somewhat unsatisfied as salespeople to it being, I wouldn't say effortless, but in a way it is. It's, it's just, it is like, what's the effort that goes into talking? Not much, but the effort that goes into listening could be substantial and maintaining that listening posture, right? I mean, can you think back to any deals where you heard something during a conversation? This might be impossible, by the way, because I can't remember these myself, but put me on the spot a little bit. Can you think of any situation where you were talking to somebody and you suddenly realized that you hadn't quite listened to them? And then it's like, hang on a second. And you you ask them a question or you replay it in your mind and end up going somewhere that turns out to be relatively important for them and, you know, maybe good for your company. Is is that an experience you've had or is that something that you've been such a good listener from the get go, you know, (laughs) you don't, you don't trip up like that. (laughs) We always trip, we always trip up. I think becoming good in sales is, is not an episodic event. It's always a journey, right? And I don't care how seasoned you are. um, If you're always open to improving, it shines through and your approach and your tone with them because now you care, right? So it's, and to answer your question, if I had a quarter for every time that I experienced that, right? It's, uh, that's always going on, right? That's always, you know, we're, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to rush through it. We're going to talk too fast. And I flap my lips sometimes too much, you know, and that's okay though. Before my conversation with Karen, I was, I think, focused, um, you know, there was this pressure. She downloaded the white paper. This person downloaded this. Did you, did you get it over? Did you get a totally qualified lead, right? Or whatever you want to call it. Every company calls it different. And so the, it was worry that I've got to get this person through so that I can meet quota. But when you, your mind shifts, it all falls into place because that comes through you take the uncertainty that they're feeling and you eat it yourself as a rep and you're not concerned even whether if they show up to the meeting because when you're empowered and I'm going to go to right connect and sell because I've before coming on with you Chris I was a uh, partner of yours and brought it into many companies and uh, because I saw the power of it um, and was a believer but when you are empowered and not have to worry about, well, am I going to get this person back on the phone? Well, the answer is yes, you will. So that concern and that pressure is taken away. So you can actually focus on listening. You can focus on, on um, improving the conversation, right? Getting those tidbits of information they need to hear enough to want to you know, uh, accept a meeting with you. And if they can't, you know, nine times out of 10, it's not because they don't like you. It has nothing to do with you. It really has nothing to do with you. It has to do everything with them. And everyone is busy, but there's always time when uh, they can make time and that concern disappears. 
So there are several times where I edited in real time and I said, I, you know, and I blew it so many times and I still do right sometimes. And, um, but that's okay. Cause you learn from those. Um, cause I'm constantly listening to calls. I was listening to Scott Webb this morning and his team. I was listening to, uh, James Townsend and Donnie and, you know, Donnie Crawford, the Yoda flight school and, and, uh, Matthew Forbes. I took some tidbits from him actually. And, and my redirects from my script. And I love learning from, from my peers, right? I love learning from those who are excellent in doing certain things in their approach. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell's patented technology. You'll load your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every single day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing how many tears were shed while watching Titanic kind of qualified. You're a sales director. You're like Matt here. I'm Matt McCorkle, and I work for Kaiser Compressors as a manager of branch operations. And a hundred of those folks are involved in specifically an outside sale. Before connect and sell, the usual cold calling. Listening to voicemails, trying to get callbacks. Wasted time. And it's very demoralizing. And now? Now we literally saw a 10-time improvement. And that's a much more exciting problem to have, quite honestly. Sounds like cold call day was almost fun. It, it, it was fun. It was like like a social sporting event. So you take something in business that is a lot of people don't think is very fun, cold calling, and you actually turn it into a social sporting event. Connect and Sell delivers up to 10 times more live conversations per hour in every industry imaginable for a limited time connect and sell wants to show you with a free test drive call 800-885-2200 that's 800-885-2200 well it's interesting right there so yeah when i called you today i called you back right you you dialed me and it was it was a very short call and that it rang once and then you weren't there and I was actually in a meeting doing something, you know, that had something to do with something completely different. It had nothing to do with sales and everything to do with how systems worked and this and that. And then when I called you back in the background, I could hear someone talking and I thought, oh, how interesting, you know, and doesn't sound like somebody that I know in Cheryl's house. I eventually kind of learned many of the voices over time. And you were listening to calls from somebody that somebody was having that, you knew was doing something different and you I, I know you must have seen the numbers this is somebody who is converting conversations to meeting at about a three out of four pace and yeah frankly he feels like that's not enough i know that he feels that's not enough that he thinks it? i know too yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know a hundred percent right so you were listening and you know, you hit the pause button and we talked about actually what was going on in those conversations. And the reason I wanted to have you on today is that we had Matt Forbes on recently and Matt was talking about the power of belief and what happened to him inside and what happened to his results as a result of that transformation inside of himself. When he finally, I'll, I'll say, crossed the chasm from uncertainty and kind of self-interest to belief in the potential value of the meeting he was offering 
for this human being that he was talking with, regardless of how that meeting might go, what might happen or not happen as a result. And he described that uh, in a pretty you know, compelling way. Scott Webb, the guy you were listening to, I got a call from him once that said, I'm going to try something. I think there's a mindset shift that will make a big difference. And uh, folks, anybody listening to this, Scott Webb is not just some guy walking down the street. I mean, he's a chief development officer of a multi-billion dollar insurance brokerage, uh, number four in the world. I would predict soon to be number three, then two, then one if on organic growth alone. And God knows what will happen when the inorganic power of the organic growth starts to get whipped up. But uh, he is personally using Connect and Sell and leading his team through flight school, which is what Cheryl sells. And he's doing blitz and coach stuff. We help. I don't know why we help because he's so good. I don't think, I think we're learning from him, not the other way around. But what was it about what Scott was doing that made you want to listen to him? And then have you tried any of it? Because it's kind of crazy stuff. If, if you really think about this mindset shift of insisting that someone take the meeting for their own good, it seems to have these vast implications, especially if you have the power of connect and sell, which does one thing really, really well. It gets people on the phone, especially people you've talked with before, because hey, you know they answer the phone. That's why they're in your follow-up list. So tell me that story. How's that gone? <laughs> yeah, and this transitionism has happened just, I think, just in the last week. Kind of the same thing that happened with, with Forbes, um, which, by the way, I love that podcast because I think I've listened to it like two or three times now. Um, but it's true, everything he'd said. And the approach that Scott had and he, that he's teaching his team, and you can tell the transition over time too, he's not overly concerned if it's a 100%, you know, written in blood, I'm going to show up to this meeting. It is an, an insistence that we'll find a time, I'm going to shoot this out to you. If it works, great. If not, we'll move it around. And I'm not concerned necessarily if it's if this is a, a slam dunk or not, right? If you show up, great. I know the importance of this meeting. And that comes through in his tone. And that's what flight school does, right? It really teaches the belief in the breakthrough you're offering. You're offering these people you're talking with. And so that has to be present. But he he says, look, okay, we'll just send you out something. And that's how great. And people are like, oh, sure. And, and this has happened a couple of times. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. They didn't say, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm definitely going to be there. And I think sometime, actually not sometimes, most often, uh, in order for it to be qualified, we've got to make sure that there's, okay, you're not going to be anywhere else, right? You're going to show up to this meeting if I send you an invite, right? Okay. Okay, perfect. Okay, I can count that. It's this, I'll shoot it over. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I know I can put you back in Connected Out and I will get a hold of you and we will find a time that ends up working, working out. And whether that is two, three, four, five times conversations later, we need to reschedule. Great. If not, that's Okay. Like it, you know, first time works out great. If not, and, and that actually feeds your passion because you realize it's, that's how a lot of people were. They're like, okay, a lot of people aren't in front of the calendar. Actually, no, I'm not right. I'm in a meeting or I'm stepping out or I'm walking with my dog. I do cold calls when I take my son to the park during the day. 
Right? How do you do that? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can't cold call. Right. This is life, Chris. Like... computer around and you got a phone. And then when your son needs something, what do you do? Throw it all up in the air. And right? how do you do that? That's craziness. <laughs> it's actually awesome. It actually, it, and it has changed uh, my life and, and several just, it, it's amazing. So no, it's, uh, it's the connect and soul mobile app that you guys have. And it's, and I was uh, honored to be able to try it out. And it's just, it's amazing. So I, and I still carry my script with me. Right. So we have a park that's just, you know, about nine blocks from our house. We have several actually. And he is like a farm dog. He needs to be outside and run around or he's going to drive us all nuts. So it's in between after my meetings and in between cold calls, right? And from a computer, like, hey, you need to go take a breather. Take my son on the stroller. He's got his little balance bike, right? He loves taking that thing out. Then we go to the park and, well, he's playing on the swing and slides and going, wee, like I'm cold calling, right? And it's, in fact, there was this, <laughs> I was doing that on Friday, uh, last week a couple of times. And there's another mom there with her kid and she started talking and I was like, and I started talking. I said, hey, I need to let you know, I'm actually doing, I'm on, uh, I'm doing some cold calls right now for my, for my work. And she's like, oh, really? I was like, oh yeah, it's fabulous. And she couldn't believe it. She's like, I don't even know what that is, but okay. And, and while we we're talking, I had to, you know, I put my hand up and then I talked to the person and then it was fabulous. So it's, that is life. That is our new norm. We have people that still have to run a business. And, and now it's almost harder because kids think when you're home, oh, you're just at my disposal, right? Or this is, and not even just kids, you know, spouses or whatever, or family that just kind of don't understand. Yes, that, that has been my new weapon of choice. <laughs> it's been awesome. I really enjoy it. So, yeah. And I mean, going back to your initial question, Chris, it just, I had my, the two meetings I had set this morning were like that. They were, it was, Hey, I'll send an invite out for two weeks out. That works well for you. Great. If not, just send me over some alternatives and we'll find, we'll move it around. They're like, okay. And I'm like, perfect. Moving on. It's awesome. This brings to mind something. So if you were working as a BDR, right? Mm -hmm. And you were setting appointments just for somebody else. This could, this would be kind of a hard technique because you would be putting appointments on your AE's calendar. Say you had, say it was paired up one-to-one. Some people do that, right? So you've got an, an account executive you're working with and you're doing the important part of the job, which is getting them in the meetings, you know, getting the meetings and they're doing the easy part, which is holding discovery meetings and closing business, which, you know, anybody can do. I actually believe that. Anyway, so here, here you're doing that. And now you're setting a bunch of kind of interesting false positives. That is people who are not qualified, who would be showing up. At least you might've thought they weren't qualified if you quizzed them further. Uh, and got the truth out of them, which I don't think actually happens in ambush calls, but we can pretend that it does. And then you are also setting meetings, a lot of which are going to be no-shows because, in fact, they're, they're going to be no-shows and declines and all sorts of stuff because your view is, if I can encapsulate it correctly, you believe, now that you've listened to Scott Webb's approach, that operationalizing the relationship and going from if to when is the key to generating more 
relevant activity, which is thoughtful conversations, real conversations that go beyond the ambush. And therefore, you're not letting the ambush conversation carry the load of qualification or even of assurance of attending the meeting. You're just letting it open the door sufficiently that you go from an if, if we're going to meet, to a when, when we're going to meet. It reminds me of something I experienced this Saturday. So Helen and I went down to a mesquite um, furniture place, but it wasn't a furniture place. It's actually a mill. So they have these mesquite logs. And I don't know if anybody you know listening to this knows what a mesquite tree is, but it's really hard, very heavy wood, really beautiful, full of all these swirly patterns. And if you want a dining room table that you're they're going to treat as a piece of art in, in your house that you just bought here in uh, Green Valley, Arizona, you definitely want a mesquite table. So I go uh, you know, with Helen down there. And here's what Valerie, the owner, did. She asked whether we were seeing what we wanted or whatever. And there's just pieces of wood around and then some examples of some finished tables. And Helen said, well, yes, we're looking for a dining room table. And she said, oh, OK. And then she flipped open her order book, took a pen and had it in hand and said, so what are the rough dimensions? It was not asking the qualifying question. After all, all dimensions of tables are qualified, right? Big ones, little ones, and so forth. And it wasn't the question. The question was kind of irrelevant. It was the fact that she went from if we were going to buy a dining room table from her to when are we going to do it? So let's get going on the process. And she did it very gently and then went into a flash roll a little bit later, as Orrin Claff would call it, about mesquite. And by the time she was done describing where the mesquite came from, how they cut it, what the challenges were, what the three kinds of table edges are, how they use five layers of tongue oil in order to make the table you know, last forever, why the butterflies and the joints in the table last longer than even the wood, and the wood is incredible, what some of the considerations might be, how you might go about buying, you might let us select the wood, you might come down and do it yourself, you might let us select it and you could come down and have a look. Some people like to see the project as it's being done. It'll take about this long, but these are the three considerations that would make it shorter and longer. But then it's like, we're in the hands of an expert and she's operationalized the relationship by having the equivalent of the calendar, in this case, the order book in hand, and she's writing in there. And so when we're finished with the conversation, here's the piece of paper that looks suspiciously like an order for a table that doesn't cost much more than a small car. And, <laughs> uh, and here we are just kind of going, huh? And we run into somebody else later, a different furniture store I won't mention. And it's like, Oh, yours are cheaper? Well, they must not be as good as the ones Valerie's offering through this whole <laughs> process, right? So she did that. And I was really impressed. I discussed it with Helen afterwards. I said, that is the opposite of selling after the close. And I think when we're setting appointments, especially in a BDR role, our boss is telling us to sell after the close because the close is that little yes or the not, not, no, <laughs> the, the not, no, not, not now, but not no, yeah. that allows you just to say, I'll send you an appointment. And if that doesn't work, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that, that it's a step on the journey instead of a, I gotcha. Uh, so do you sense the difference uh, between what you do now, you're a full cycle rep, 
setting appointments for yourself, does that give you freedom to engage the way Scott Webb has figured out how to engage? Which, by the way, everybody, okay, the average conversion rate among reps out there is 3% conversation to meeting. Scott's is 72.4%, but that's only because he's dragging along an early tail of those that were only 25%. So his current number is more in the 80s or 90s, perhaps. So if you think about that, any of you boss types watching, think an AE setting appointments for themselves, getting two appointments a day and about 30 minutes of of work, two or three a day and 30 minutes of work, uh, has this freedom to do this. If you're managing PDRs and SDRs, maybe you should let them have that freedom too. Yeah. And how would you do that though? It's tricky, isn't it? It is, I think, because of the mindset of where most leadership is, right? There's always this um, this pressure that is pushed up and down the chain. It's kind of, you know, those Chinese finger traps. (laughs) That's what it feels like sometimes because you're, they've they've got to hit certain numbers and you represent them and then they've got to send that up the chain and then the chain isn't happy. So they send that back down. And so there's this constant conflict that I've experienced in my own career with that. I knew there was a better way, right? I wasn't necessarily coached that way. But I knew there was a better way because we're not robots talking and and doing business with robots. And I don't care how much great AI a company has. We're not going to be replaced by robots. This fear that it's not um, because we're, we are human. And so if this freedom, in fact, uh, before I even came on with you, Chris, um, over to, um, to self-flight school, uh, you and I had a conversation because I was talking about this other company I was uh, wanting to bring in uh, to connect. And so there's this freedom that almost empowers you, almost like a, a sense of liberation that now I can relax and do what I do well, which is selling. And most reps that are in an A position, they do, they are good at selling. They just are awkward with the first conversation. And they can't get out of their own way if they can't get past that, right? So if I'm okay to show you, prospect, that we will find a time when it ends up being okay for you, uh, that shows them, wow, I'm actually talking to another human being. Like, it it lowers the stress level on their end, too. That's ah. it. That's okay. You're totally fine. In fact, I the, the meeting uh, I said this morning, that was the case. He was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I got pulled into his other. I'm covering for a manager, et cetera. I said, totally fine. That is the end of this work. And he's like, that's perfect. Yeah, go ahead and set it for this week. And it was, okay, awesome. Good luck with the remainder of your week. Like it really was, it, it allowed them to relax also. Right. So and, and what is interesting is there's this pressure. You've got to qualify a band. Right. That, that's what I was brought up on in my sales career. You've got to know there are almost two qualified before you get them on the discovery meeting. There is no possible way you can find that out before, a, you know, a, a discovery meeting. Um, and sometimes it takes two or three of those to find that out because they're still warming up to you. They don't know if they want to completely trust you to divulge their, you know, the skeletons out of the closet and everything else that's going on internally, and especially with COVID and all the, the disruption that's happened in the market. Uh, that's even more so. 
I hope that any senior leadership that is hearing this one would allow, and the AEs respectfully, if you have an SDR sitting for an AE, respect the SDR to know if they don't show up, we'll get them back on. If yeah, well, that's you're using smart technology like Connect and Cell, right? So it's yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think this is the main thing Connect and Cell enables is relaxation into the situation where you can both be human. I really do think that that's, that's like the, the hidden gift, which shouldn't be considered to be hidden because it's the essence of being able to forge new relationships that could lead to, you know, something of value being exchanged. Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe.